function as they moved through the computer. What did they look like? Ships, motorcycles. Were the circuits like freeways? I kept dreaming of a world I thought I'd never see. And then, one day, I got in. This is Tech Talk. Michael's going to join us in a minute. We have a call in. He's setting up out of out of Chicago, and uh, our lead story is definitely one of fear and panic. Paul's favorite topic, as always. And nevertheless, as you can imagine, Paul also runs into some slight no no technical issues this time. It's a little bit weak, isn't it? There we go. Get that theme in. All right, so it is good to be here, and we have a guest tonight that we are very excited to bring on board who's going to relate to this topic directly. David, you are on the air. Excellent. How are you doing, guys? Hello. Uh, Really quick, before I introduce you any further, what I would love to know is how to pronounce your last name, because I was practicing various versions right before I called you, and I realized that none of them were going to work. <laughs> um, I, I I usually go with the the French Canadian version, which is Chartier. Chartier, Chartier. What a that's that's excellent. Now, Monsieur Chartier. David uh, represents Agile Bits, a company that makes a application known as One Password. David, could you fill us in a little bit as uh, to who you are and what One Password does? So I am basically my my official title is the Agile Herald. Um, but basically, that means I'm, I'm the PR, the PR guy. You, um, you herald their products or their company. Yes. Yes, exactly. Um, and I like to think of PR as, as people relations, not just press relations, because you know we all like to help everybody, no matter how we we get to people. Um, and as far as what I do for the company is is basically I help get the word out. I help people learn how to use our product, and I help. Um, I basically just lend a hand, whatever whatever I need to do, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And one password, uh, one password is an application that's particularly apropos. We, at least to, to this show, we generally start out our news segment, which with a, a, a portion of the show that, over time, we've started to call fear and panic because there's just so much technology news that is uh, related to things that most normal people would absolutely go into complete panic about. As an example, uh, one of the headlines we're going to talk about today is the fact that a couple of days ago, uh, anonymous supposedly took down a couple of federal websites sites and threatened war in the U.S. government, which is, is uh, entertaining to some, frightening to others. Um, and, and you guys make a product that ties into that from the sense that 1Password is meant to help people with their security, right? Yes, we make 1Password for regular folks like us, like you and me, like probably most of your listeners. Um, and, and the elevator pitch is that it's, it's a password manager and a digital wallet for all your stuff. Um, it is basically the tool that you can use to create really strong passwords for all of your websites. You don't have to think of them. You don't have to even know what they are. But they'll be unique for every single site, which will make you much, much more secure online because you're not using the same key for every lock, so to speak. So do you actually provide cloud storage along with the password? We do not provide cloud storage of our own, and there's a couple reasons for that. But the main one is that we believe that your data is your own and that you can make the choices uh, with what you want to do with it. So we work with a couple of cloud storage services because mm. a lot of our users want to use them. I see. Um, but we do not provide one ourselves um, because that's, that's a really – that's a very, very large challenge that we would rather – right now work with other companies to uh, to work with. But you do work with those companies, so in a sense it's part of the service. Yeah, it is. So um, probably the, the one a lot of people have heard of is, is Dropbox. Yeah, um, sure. It's a, 
Yeah, cloud file storage is getting really popular. We had a lot of requests for that, and it turns out they they worked really well with um, the data file format that 1Password needs, long story short. And then with the um, iPhone and iPad version that we just uh, did a major upgrade for in December, we now also support Apple's um, iCloud service. Mm-hmm. <coughs> and and at slight side note to that, is there anything involved? I mean, is there any reason that, say, one couldn't use... Google Drive or Microsoft SkyDrive, just dump the one password file and uh, then, you know, access that file from your iPhone or your iPad or whatever? Uh, I've heard of a couple of our users getting it to work, but as my understanding, I've been talking to the developers about that because every time a new cloud storage show, uh, service shows up, we get at least a few requests for it. Sure. I believe the other services are missing a couple of core file system features that the one password file needs basically the oh. certain types of data that we need to store so they're they're missing those so we're working on that um, I, I don't know how much I can really say about that but we're, we're we're trying to see if we can sort of you know work something out and meet in the middle um, but there is there are some technical requirements that prevent that right now. That's really interesting, and um, I'm sorry, Paul. I might be diverging into completely boring territory, but with that, what else is new? Well, I, I just does that mean that Dropbox actually, in a sense, does a better job at storing users' files? I mean, if it preserves more of the original file data, then is is it doing a better job, or at least storing Mac files? I mean, not that you would necessarily have an opinion on that, but that's I, that's the first time I'd heard anything like that, and that's really interesting. Well. Better in this case can be fairly subjective, and I don't I don't know how much how far we want to go down um, this, this super nerdy rabbit hole. But long story short, um, better in in our terms means that we're trying to support as many platforms as possible with some fairly deep, fairly technical features. So this gets a little bit more complicated than like your favorite text editor that just has to put a bunch of text files in a folder in Dropbox. Sure. And so uh, we have a lot of checkboxes to, to mark off when it comes to certain types of files that we need, certain types of metadata for every item that you save in one password that needs to sync across every platform and, and survive that whole transfer process and, of course, stay secure through the entire thing. So um, it does get a little tricky in Google Drive, and I, I believe also Microsoft's um, SkyDrive don't quite support them yet. Okay, so to roll back a little bit, I realize I, I sort of jumped the gun here. Um, what would you define as good security or good password security for the average user? I guess what's the need that one password fills? I, let's say I'm a, someone who just has the same password for all my websites, a you know Moose Jaw One or Mountain Twelve or whatever it is, and it's the same thing throughout. What's the problem with that? The problem with that is is you're basically using the same key for every single lock in your life, which which can get dangerous. If someone gets a hold of that one key, they can unlock your house, they can unlock your basement, your safe, your Literally. business, your car. Mm -hmm. um, it's you know there's a reason why we have a different key for every single important lock for us. So the the really core thing that one password does is it makes it effortless to create a very strong, very unique password that, that looks like gobbledygook. It's a bunch of capital letters and some punctuation, and, and you couldn't remember one or two of them if you tried, let alone every password that you needed to for all the sites you log into. So it, it makes it really, really easy to create a unique password, a unique key for every single site that you have to get into. And then when you get to those sites, you click the 1Password extension or you click the button in our, our mobile apps and you can log right in without even having to, to know what those different passwords are. So it frees you from having to remember your passwords or in any number of senses. Um, but the, the, how does 1Password then keep all those passwords secure? Like you, yeah. Um, it, it, uh, it protects all of that stuff in, in what we call the vault with uh, your master password, uh, which is where the, the name comes from. It's the one password you need to remember. Ah. So uh, when you, say, open your computer or you unlock our, our iOS app, you, you type in your master password, and then now you can click a browser extension on a, on a PC or a Mac, or you can you can tap your login item on, on an iOS app and um, uh, log into that site. And then when you're done, you're done with your computer, your iOS app, um, they'll, they'll lock up. 
and people won't be able to see anything. They won't be able to touch any of your websites without knowing your master password. Gotcha. That would make uh, a, certainly a, a huge difference for a lot of people. Um, what if, I, I guess there's a couple of things. That, okay, so actually, sorry, now, now I'm babbling. Because for a long, long time, 1Password's been around for a while. I believe they started out on the Mac. Am I correct about that? I, I, I think yeah. so. Yeah. And, they started on the Mac 2006. Right. <clears throat> it's been around for a long time. And Back in 2006, having multiple really secure passwords was not nearly as big of an issue, I would argue, as it's become even, say, the past year and a half or two years. And so I've sort of skirted around applications like 1Password for a long time. And one thing that I was always leery of was the fact that I'm then sinking all, all my efforts into storing information into an application supported by a third party. What if that third party uh, stops supporting 1Password? What if it no longer works with my operating system or my web browser? Uh, what happens then? That's, that's a really good question, and fortunately, I think that's going to be a long ways off. Um, I, they've been running the business for a while as a very good, sustainable business. Mm -hmm. um, I, don't, I don't see that happening anytime soon. We're, we're definitely in this for the long haul. Um, Let's say down the road something does happen. Maybe we uh, got to get out of the market or, or something like that. One of the things I, I love about the company and why I started working for them is that they absolutely love their users. These guys bend over backwards for um, our customers, and we can we can get into that later on if, if we have time. But um, we would not leave people uh, out in the cold like that. Um, if If it ever came time to actually, you know, hang up the towel on one password, we would give people a way to get their data out and, and, and put it into another tool or bring it somewhere else. And, and we even have export um, features that you could use right now. You can export your, your one password um, data into, without getting into detail, a couple different formats that you could take elsewhere right now if you wanted to. Oh, cool. Hey, David, I'm, this leads me to another thought is have you run into or could you imagine people being resistant to using a service like this because they th the thought of entrusting all of these mysterious passwords to to one vendor, so to speak, um, is, a, is a bit of a, a, a risk, it could be perceived risk that it should, uh, you know, with you know, hackers being able to take over federal website uh, and that kind of thing, um, where's the security in terms of somebody being able to hack into, you know, one password? That's, that's one of the things that we have been obsessed with since day one is, is the security of, of your data that you're putting into one password. So there's, there's quite a few precautions that we've taken. And We've looked at the scenario from the idea of, um, let's say you're in a coffee shop and your laptop gets stolen mm -hmm. and someone is able to, to get a hold of the actual file, that the encrypted file that's storing all of your stuff. We've put in all, all sorts of, of precautions and um, encryption techniques that will stop them from being able to, to break into that or what some techniques are called brute forcing into that to figure out what your password is and, and unlocking all that data. Um, so we've, we've had to, to consider that, um, that unfortunate scenario. Um, you know, even in a situation, let's say you opt to use Dropbox because it's a very convenient way to sync your data from, sure. you know, your Mac to your iPhone and, and to your PC. Uh, same situation. Someone breaks it. Let's say one day Dropbox or whatever cloud service has a break in, um, and someone's able to get your, your 1Password file that way. We've, we've had to think of that, and we have quite a few precautions built into it. Um, to stop people from being able to, to actually look at what's inside. Mm -hmm. Now, um, something that I've always wondered about, and you may or may not have insight to this, but why haven't uh, why hasn't Apple 
done something like this? Why hasn't Microsoft gotten on board? I mean, it seems like we've been managing multiple passwords in web browsers for a long time. Security even aside, and yeah, we have the, we have the keychain in OS X, and I, Microsoft has their own somewhat lame version of storing passwords as well, but <laughs> it, well, bias aside, bias aside, have you, have you heard any, I mean, is there any particular reason that they're not addressing this? Are they just biding their time? Any, any insight on what the story is? there I am not at the the level of being able to talk directly to these guys to, mm-hmm. to find out what they're thinking because it, it is a little strange um, at this point because so much of our lives are going online you know we shop online we, we do everything online. yeah I don't even have to you know um, the only thing I can figure is that like you mentioned they both have basic support for doing this kind of stuff, right? You, you can use the keychain in OS X and get some of the, the security and, and even some of the password um, generation tools that are built in the keychain, sure. but you're going to lose out on a lot of these other things, and it, it seems like security is, is a really, really difficult um, field to approach. Um, it's complicated. It's tough to actually build a really secure tool, and then when something goes wrong, it takes a lot of time to actually build in sort of the, the fail-safe and the, and the fallback plans. And gotcha. I got to wonder if they just haven't wanted to, to tackle that because it's, it's a tough problem. So well, they've, they've left it to companies like us. I think it's a, it's an ongoing battle. You know, you know, the people that can infiltrate these systems are very, very smart, very sophisticated, and it just seems a matter of time before... They get around the next wall, and then a new wall is built, and it just kind of goes on. And then that's true too. And, and I think there's also a level of um, I, I want to say maybe a, a little bit of a chicken and the egg syndrome in that you know let, let's all be honest. What's the most convenient thing to do when it comes to creating a new password? Right? It's it's to use something like one password. password, right? Yes. To use the most simple thing that you can think of and remember. And then that's what a lot of people do. So part of the problem is is it's sort of a an education effort. Yeah. Why do people need to care about this stuff? Why is this a problem? And maybe it's just an issue that not enough people have sort of been made aware of and, and need to care about yet. And that, that's been part of our challenge in trying to get people interested in one password and understand why why it exists and why they need it. Yeah, I think names of pets is not very sophisticated. Well, in fact, my understanding is it's gotten to the point where really anything with a recognizable word or even proper grammar is a bad idea. I mean, you guys must put a fair bit of research also or, or stand top of what makes a good password. Oh, yeah, very much so. I mean, there there are some um, – I, I don't like to get into the end of this word. It's a, it's a spooky, scary thing, but it, it really can be when you look at the tools that are freely available on the inter- Internet for cracking people's passwords. And anything that is a basic language word, maybe maybe if you try to swap a couple vowels out for numbers, these tools have been built and, and tuned for that kind of stuff, um, which is why when you look at the, the password generator tool in 1Password and you, you fiddle around with it a little bit, the passwords it creates... I mean, they're, you couldn't remember them if you tried, really. I mean, that, that's how complicated they need to get, and that's why it's such a catch-22, because basically your password needs to get so complicated that you can't remember it anymore. And so you can't do that for every single site, so so what do you do? And that's why we have a tool like one password. Well, I don't know if this is proprietary information, but is it safe to say that uh, the passwords generated in one password are beyond uh, you know standard letters numbers and your basic keyboard symbols but perhaps even incorporate you know symbols outside of that foreign symbols or what have you that we haven't quite gotten into because we still have to play within the rules of the web and if we start creating passwords with special characters that maybe only your Mac understands, mm. but the website you're visiting doesn't understand, oh. you know, you're not speaking, suddenly you're not speaking their language, sure, and, sure. and you won't be able to, to, to log in. Um, just like, 
you know, there's still some websites out there that, that won't even accept, say, like a special character, like a, you know, a question mark or an exclamation mark, something that the security industry has felt is a necessity as part of their password for years yeah, now. Yeah, that's very true. won't take that. So do you, have you guys looked into or do you have an opinion on the fact that uh, there's been a number of efforts to sort of move past the password? Like Microsoft is trying to do picture passwords, for example. There, uh, there's a number of articles online about Google trying to use a USB stick or, you know, and, and this isn't exactly news in the fact that these technologies have existed for a while, but there's definite recent talk about the fact that maybe things are moving away from passwords altogether. Uh, what have you guys thought about that? We're watching that very intently. I mean, passwords are, are obviously our, our bread and butter, and it's, it's absolutely fascinating. Um, the security industry is, has been trying to move ahead for a while, and it's 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 such a large machine with so many moving parts. You know, I, I mean, if you if you're able to create a, a picture password on your your Windows 8 uh, machine, which are, are really interesting, I've seen those in action actually, by the way. Really? Um, you know, there there's so many websites out there that that aren't going to support that. So if Microsoft has that tool, but most of the web doesn't support it, it you get right. into this chicken and the egg syndrome again, and, and suddenly you have this really really interesting tool, but it might not be catching on. Yeah, so, something has to become industry standard. Yeah, you know, and so it's, it's this big mix of trying to be an educational effort, you know, getting people interested in, in why this stuff has to exist and why we need to move forward, but there's all these websites out there that aren't going to touch it because they just don't feel like it, and it's, um, it's, it's a big machine to deal with, for sure. Uh, but we're definitely watching that stuff very, very intently because uh, whatever's coming next, we, we, we do want to be there. So, and I also believe that 1Password lets you store things like notes and credit card numbers, other information that is not a password, right? Yeah, so passwords are bread and butter, but we realize uh, that people want to keep other, all sorts of other things safe. So 1Password can save your software licenses, uh, and like you mentioned, secure notes. That's another really popular one. So. You know, a garage door code or directions to a party or something like that that you might write on. That's a, a very secret somewhere. party. <laughs> yeah, you know, or somebody's address. You know, Hollywood. Or, yeah, that's a good point. Or, or that great idea for that new blog you want to launch. Ooh. You know, um, uh, so we can store uh, software licenses, notes. Um, you know, other types of items that you might find in a wallet, like your social security card or affiliate memberships. Sure. Uh, all that kind of stuff that you you sort of might stuff in your wallet can also go into one password, which you could then access from a smartphone. Exactly, that's the beauty of it. So we we started on the Mac. A lot of people have, have entered a lot of their information there, and then if you um, just sync everything to your iPhone or your iPad, now you have it on the go with you all the time. Yeah, that. That but you know, back in the day before it became a really big issue, I just used notes on. Well, actually, I started with Palm Desktop, and wrote down all my oh, stuff. Wow. Yeah, and wrote down all my stuff in there, and then I moved to notes, and then one day I got an iPhone, and I thought, man, if I lose this thing, I'm really, really hosed. So I moved away from that. But I know a lot of people still do. They have a password text file on their computer, whatever it is. They store a lot of really sensitive information on their computer or on their iPhone, and it's not encrypted in any way. So that's obviously a, a, a pretty significant issue. But, <coughs> excuse me, I guess I, I'm curious if moving forward, have you thought about expanding this service that you guys have, 1Password, any more? Like it, for me, I run a small business. I have multiple users in my office. I have stuff that's personal, but I also have stuff that I want all my employees to be able to access. Do you have you ever talked talked about or thought about a multi-user version of One Password? We've we've definitely talked about that, and it's it's a tough challenge to uh, uh, tackle because now um, if we keep going with my um, admittedly very very simplified um, analogy, now you're talking about trying to use one key that can open multiple locks, mm. but only partially because you want to keep the stuff that's just yours private in this, this one password file, but then let people see other parts of it. And so it gets it gets quite a bit tricky, but we're, we're definitely looking at that because that's been one of our most popular requests. Because um, I'm, I'm the same way. We're all the same way. I mean, right. most of us have, have 
um, spouses or significant others in one way, and we have shared bank accounts or, or the iTunes password or whatever. And so we're looking at it for sure. Sorry, Paul, you had something? No. Uh, I was going to say that speaking of shared iTunes passwords and, and the, the attempt that you guys have made to educate your users, do you have people who buy one password and then just fill it with things like 123456 and password and so forth and expect to be secure? <laughs> um, I, I would imagine we do, but now you're getting into the realm of, of us watching what our users do, oh, like right. a lot of other right. companies can, and surprisingly, we actually don't have any software. Uh, we don't have any of that analytics in our software uh, because, long story short, one password is so scrutinized because of what it does. I mean, we have you know we have people in the hacker community who come to us when they they find something um, that we can't have software that will do something like call home right. to anywhere because people. Like you mentioned earlier, people will kind of flip out when they see something, you know, calling, where's it calling, what's it telling you, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, we can't even tell you things like um, how many how many people we know who are using iOS 6 versus iOS 5. Oh, wow. So, I mean, so, you really have no data, relatively yeah, speaking. We don't even have, yeah, extremely basic analytics like that. We don't even have that. So it sounds um, like you, you don't have it by choice. You don't want to know. Well, I mean, we'd love to have it. Don't get me wrong. Well, in a way, yeah. But um, being a security company and with the what's on the line here, being that it's your personal data, you've just taken the line that yeah. I mean, if it's call, if it's calling home and telling us something, what exactly is it calling us? And you start breaking that line of trust, and we just we don't want to touch it. Fantastic. Well, David, we're getting near to the bottom of the hour, and we'd love to have you stick around for the next half hour if you're willing. I know it's really late where you are. But uh, I have a couple of other questions I'd love to ask you if we can, and um, we'll be right back in just a few minutes if you're willing to stay on. Yeah, i got some time. I'd love to. Excellent. Excellent. Sounds great. Everyone, uh, we're talking to David Chartier from uh, Agile Bits, talking about 1Password and password security. If you have any questions for us, please feel free to post them on Facebook, facebook.com slash jam, or email them to us. Uh, I would say you could call in, but actually our line is currently in use for our guest. We will talk to you in just a few moments. You're listening to Radio Free Palmer, KVRF 89.5 on your FM dial. If you'd like to get involved with community radio, contact us at RadioFreePalmer.org. This is your chance to invent community radio in Sutton, Chickaloon, Butte, Palmer, and the surrounding areas. And we are back. We are talking to David Chartier of Agile Bits. They make an application called One Password, designed to help you manage your digital security. We're also talking to him about security in general and password security. David, welcome back. Thanks a lot for having me again. So uh, we were talking over the break, and you mentioned, and you mentioned this at the beginning of the show, but you just came out with a major revision of 1Password, 1Password 4, and what's the difference, what's so major about 1Password 4 versus 1Password 3? It's, it's, uh, I know people toss this around a lot, but it's, it's a complete rewrite, um, basically from the ground up. Uh, it's, we've had um, a version basically since the App Store launched in 2008, and this is pretty much the first huge rewrite that we've done, uh, of course, listening to all of our customers. And we have uh, one of the biggest things is like a new web version where you can use all of your logins and what we call your identities, like your shipping addresses oh, and cool. your, so. credit, your credit cards right inside the iOS app now, just like on a, on a Mac or PC. Now, so. does the Mac or PC version already do that? I mean, can you do that there too, like auto-perform? Yeah. form? Yeah, so something the Mac and PC has done for a long time is, is um, besides just filling your password, you can fill in, say, your your uh, shipping address for home or work, your favorite usernames when you're signing up for a new site, stuff like that, and also credit cards into shopping carts. Uh, so that's been something that's been on the Mac and PC for a while, and now we finally have that on the iPhone and the iPad. So it's, it's awesome. I did almost all my holiday shopping uh, on my iPad over, over Christmas. Very cool. Great. Now, one of the things I believe you've integrated iCloud for the, and I, I actually uh, did a little because I don't have one password yet. Here, rapidly 
persuading me to, but um, I, I wanted to know whether or not you supported iCloud. I thought that you did. <clears throat> and there was a variety of chatter before 4 came out about the fact that you guys didn't support iCloud. Probably wouldn't you support a Dropbox, but y you did. And um, from what I understand, there's some challenges involved in supporting iCloud in general versus uh, many of the other services out there. How did that turn out? There can be. Uh, iCloud is a newer service from Apple, and so they're 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 doing great with it in a lot of ways. But one of the things, and, and granted, I'm not one of the developers, so mm -hmm. so take this with a grain of salt. But I, I do know that trying to troubleshoot things. If you ever run into sync trouble, you know, if, if something doesn't show up on one device or another, uh, trying to figure those that that kind of a, a problem out is um, can seem like a nightmare. Like if you edited the same thing on two different machines at roughly the same time, what yeah. takes precedence? But we're we're doing pretty well with that. We do have uh, so we so when I said we 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 don't call home with everything, but we do have something called a diagnostic tool built into the app that will let you send us you know some some basic log information, nothing really personal, but we can troubleshoot that and, and dig through it. But so far, iCloud has been a really big hit. People love it. I mean, people were, you know, banging down the door for it, basically. So it's it's why we did it with this really big upgrade. And pretty soon it'll be coming to the Mac version. Oh, very, very cool. Uh, I guess, and do you think it'll come to the PC version as well? The PC version, I believe, is up in the air because last I've heard, Apple hasn't made iCloud sync tools uh, for, for Windows yet. They don't oh, have the APIs and the tools ready yet. I, I hadn't realized that. And that sort of leads me into another question, which is uh, th there's a variety of 1Password competitors out there and uh, of many different stripes. One of the big ones being LastPass, which is significantly different in the sense that it's cloud-based. What's the perspective of the guys over at Agile Bits as, as to the difference there? It, you have all your passwords stored in the cloud. Is there any way for them to keep that secure? Is that secure? What what would be your thoughts on that? That that gets a, a little tricky. Being being that it's entirely cloud based, it's, that's something we we clearly don't want to do. I mean, we mm -hmm. we certainly could. We could make you know Dropbox the, the default and and not give you the choice, say, to, to store it anywhere locally on your your hard drive. But it's it's certainly a, a different choice, and it, it allows the company to um, <coughs> probably offer some some different features that might be easier to, to implement, being that it's it's from a, a cloud perspective. Mm -hmm. But we we're very strongly believing in in that your data is yours, especially when it comes to the sensitive personal data, which is why by default out of the box it stays on your computer. Sure. And if if you want to use the convenience of cloud syncing, um, you can you can start turning on those features. But that choice and that power is in the hands of the user. So you were saying before that you you work with some of these cloud servers, like yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like Dropbox. Yeah, Dropbox is, has been the big one because they they made it um, they made a, a, a very large priority very early on to make sure they support all the key file system stuff of all three of the big operating systems, Windows, Mac, and, and Linux. So that, that worked out really well when we were back when we were, we were looking for a solution. Do you get people clamoring for a Linux version? We do. We get a few. Um, <laughs> yeah, there'll be a few. Yeah, we, we do. That, that's something that we're definitely looking at. Let me guess, the, the few are very verbal. The few, of course. The few are always verbal. That's that's <laughs> abundantly true. Um, yeah. Which I also, how long have you been with Agile Bits? I've been there. Uh, well, it, I've, I'm a little interesting. I showed up in um, in 2009, and I, I took off for a year to go write for MacWorld for a bit, and now I've I've been back for two years now. I, uh, I thought you still wrote for MacWorld. I do. I freelance for MacWorld. Oh, okay. Um, I still do contribute there because I love them. I love that magazine, and mm -hmm. so you know, I, I had a year break from from working at, at Agile, uh, but I've been here about two years now. Very cool. I was just going to ask how things have changed ever since Apple has you know in 2006. Apple is already big stuff, but that's completely 
reversed itself. I mean, well, reversed is the wrong word, but it's completely exploded since then. And it's now this gigantic company. It's got this absolutely insane number of users. Uh, you've got the Mac App Store, which I'm sure has driven even more people. I mean, because 1Password is on the Mac App Store, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it is. So uh, you, you've got all this stuff going on. Has that changed the nature of the company? Or has, uh, I shouldn't say changed the nature of the company, but has that changed how you guys do business or the type of people you do business with? Have you noticed a switch, or has it pretty much been business as usual? It's, it's pretty much business as usual. Uh, I mean, I think the really big thing from a, a you know, independent developer shop like we are, we have you know, just over 20 people now. I think one of the things that's changed is, is that the app stores, both the Mac and the iOS stores, have really created this, this huge interest in, in software. So that's, that's been wonderful for developers of, of all sizes, whether it's just you and your garage or, or not. Um, but... As far as Agile goes, and, and I mentioned it earlier, one of the things I love about these guys, they, they are obsessed with taking care of the customer. Mm-hmm. And so that definitely hasn't changed. Like our, our founders, um, um, Dave Tier and, and Rustam Karamo, uh, they're up in Canada. They, they get like, uh, they get like a little antsy if, if we have emails sitting around for over 24 hours. Wow. From customers, you know, like have you ever submitted an email somewhere and you're waiting like a couple days to get sure. an answer, and, and you're wondering like if you actually hit the email button right? Yeah, um, no, I, I can guarantee you, I've been guilty of that in the reverse. So the challenge of getting every email answered in 24 hours is 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 a significant one, particularly if you're doing customer support for an application. I would have to imagine. Right, and particularly if you have a massive launch two weeks before Christmas, uh, for example. Like Whose idea was that? Should <laughs> um, that you know, meet with uh, any internal criticism at all? Uh, I'm not going to name names. Say no more. We wanted to get a Christmas present out for everybody, so uh, so you know we we did what we had to do. Um, Fair but, enough. But it's it, it's wonderful. They they really are obsessed with taking care of the customer, and it's great to see every time. Now, and this is almost a completely different topic, but I'm just curious. You're in Chicago. Uh, they're from Canada, but their website says that business is based in Canada. Are you? Do you guys do a lot of work remotely? Do you have central offices, or are you all spread out? We're, we're all spread out. Uh, one of our developers is in Colorado Springs. One of our designers is in Michigan. Uh, one of our, our customer support guys, he's in L.A. Uh, he's a third shift type. That's, that's um, Chad Young. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah, we're, we're all over the place. That's hey, is 20 of you, you said? What's that? 20 of you for Agile? Yeah, just over, yep. Mm-hmm. I, I, again, slightly off topic, but I'm just really curious. More and more I've seen so many tech companies where that's the story. They have people essentially all over the world, everywhere, yet they, you know, they have a centralized product in the sense they have a single website, they have a single product, they have a target demographic. Um, how, does, how does that work? I mean, does it work pre- obviously it works pretty well, but what, how do you overcome those challenges? You're not seeing people face-to-face. You can't just drop by someone's office. What are, what are some of the ways that you deal with that? We use every, every trick in the book. We use you know, audio conferencing, a lot of Skype, video chat, screen sharing. Uh, sometimes we do good old-fashioned flights. You know, they'll have um, mm-hmm. a little get-together a couple times a year where, where, the, where the core developers and designers all show up in someone's house and just kind of camp out for, for a week or two. Uh, so it, it definitely makes things um, interesting. I think you have to have those, those periodic face-to-faces. Yeah, definitely. We we've started taking um, a, about a once yearly trip just to get everybody together Excellent. and you know get face time and, and get a feel for you know how we all work and those those are great. That's obviously great for team building. Yeah, you so get, I, <coughs> get some work done, but maybe even more importantly, have some fun together. Yeah, a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. So 1Password has another product uh, called Knox, which is sort of the ugly stepchild in the sense that you almost never hear about it. Uh, it's mentioned on your website very prominently, obviously, but I'm not nearly as familiar with it. What, is, what does Knox do? It sounds very secure. Knox is it's, it's a similar concept. It's, it's basically a vault for your files. It, it, lets, you, um, it lets you group a, a bunch of files together 
and wrap them all up into kind of like a zip file, but put a password on them. And so I can bundle up a bunch of files and email it to you, but if you double-click it like you would a zip file, you wouldn't be able to get into anything until I gave you the password. Oh, so theoretically you could use that as a secure method of, of sending files to somebody else, even, say, if you want to email someone a password. Well, no, that would make no sense whatsoever because you'd still have to call with the password to get to the password. But you could theoretically have a secure method of sending these things. Do, does the other person need to have Knox to open them? Um. Yes, that that uh, because of the way that we we um, bundle them together, mm-hmm. um, that yeah, that that is a requirement. And so, yeah, there, there's a number of ways to get around it. Like maybe you use a shared password for all the files that you use with one client or your significant other or whatever. Or maybe you send the password via a different method or something. Um, you know that that flexibility is is kind of up to you, but the idea is to give people sort of the same layer of, of protection with their files as you have with you know things that are a little more intangible, like your password. Sure, is it, it, uh, assuming that people have these files they really need encrypted. Um, and one one quick <coughs> excuse me, one quick last question to that is: this basically a more user friendly way of making an encrypted disk image? Or is there some other significant difference? Yeah, this this is a, a it's a fast way to make and, and manage encrypted disk images. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, very cool. Encryption is everyone's friend. Yeah, and I wanted to ask if you could, for many of our our listeners, give a, a kind of paraphrase encryption. When what is the? We I think a lot of people have a basic knowledge that in, encryption protects. Um, the language of passcodes and such so that not anyone can read them, but uh, on, on a little deeper level, how could you maybe um, encapsulate that? Well, on a, on a deeper level, I, I think we might have to get our... Not too um, deep. I, I think we might need to get our chief defender against the dark arts on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have one? Yes, that is, that is his actual position name, by the way. He is Defender of the Dark Arts? <laughs> Defender yes. against the Dark that Arts. That is awesome. Does that, is that what's on his business card? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's what's on our website, too. It, it's very cool. Wow. Um, but it, encryption is the... He's probably going to hate whatever I have. <laughs> 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 right, even on better. Land. Please, yeah, please yeah. continue. In, encryption is sort of the business of, of hiding information... I want to say in plain sight, because that, that's something that we sort of need to account for. You can see for, right? it, but you can't read it. Right. You know, that, that's something we need to account for is if your file gets stolen, you know, people can, can look at it. But you're, you're trying to obfuscate information so that no one can read or make any sense out of it without the, the proper key, which would be your, your master password. Mm-hmm. So it just puts it in an unrecognizable... Yeah. Chain of information. Yeah, turning turning all that information into one you know big blob of a file on your computer, basically mm-hmm. that can only make sense with the right tool and the exact password. Okay. Well, yeah, that that makes really excellent sense for any number of people. Uh, one quick question: Do you support now, or are you going to support people's security questions on the website? I mean, because a lot of places are going to pass phrases. They're going, you have to enter security questions if you have to reset a password. Can you deal with things like that? We can to an extent. Mm-hmm. And it's, as, as websites introduce new ways of, of creating these forms, you know, we have, to, we have to keep up with it. And so we do have some of that. Like, uh, I know the banks are pretty big on doing that, so they'll They'll require you to put like your your username and maybe some kind of a passphrase on one page, and then the next exactly. page is some other you know like a picture thing, and then you can actually put your password in. Yep. So we're we're definitely working on on those. Uh, they're they're definitely getting creative, so it keeps us on our toes. Do you find that companies like that want to work with you? I mean, or, or people who other people who work in security, perhaps who work in creating authentication methods, are interested in working with developers and providing secure ways of entering that information? I mean, it seems like it's a win-win for everyone. If people are using programs like One Password that create really complex, difficult strings, they're going to want people to use those programs to keep their accounts 
secure? Because I would have to imagine that if you're someone who has a website or a service, then it's your nightmare to know that people are making these passwords that just a child could guess. Right. It's, it's sort of a win-win for everybody. If your users are being more secure, it'll be less load on you, less people calling in, freaking out about their password or their account being stolen, et cetera. So or a huge we, litigation battle. Exactly. And so we, we are seeing, as, as this snowballs, as the, as the society gets more interested in this idea of, of passwords and they see these unfortunate break-ins that people kind of get turned on to the problem and that there's solutions like one password, we are seeing more and more of an influx of, uh, I, I probably can't name them, unfortunately, but, but companies that come to us saying, how do we build our site to be friendly to a tool like one password mm. so you can properly fill in so your strong password generator the, the tool in one password can mm. you know create it and properly fill it in and save everything because it's it's a it's a win for everyone well, so that really is part of the whole game plan i mean you can create the service but it also has to be compatible with all the the businesses out there that could potentially use it Right, and it, and that that can become a, a long conversation with with probably our designers and, and our developers who we know much more about the topic. But like, if you just go visit a whole bunch of different websites and you see all the different types of login forms and the different ways that they work and look, there's there's so many ways to build something like this that it's it's one of the big things that we have to spend a lot of time on on the back end, making huh. sure our tools can understand all these different forms. But it's something that you, the users, never see because you just hit a button and it's supposed to fill the fill the you know your username and your password in. But there's a lot going on on the back end to make sure that we understand that form properly and can fill everything in right. Mm-hmm. That's really true. I've definitely gotten cranky at autofill for not being able to correctly guess that a field labeled password needed the password entered, or or something like that. So you know the, uh, the user makes assumptions that something would be really easy that I guess may not be. Right, and so, you know, that's, that's a really good basic example. You, on the website, might see the word password and then a text box, but on the back end, in the code of that website, it might be labeled something completely ridiculous <laughs> that, that we have to account for, and, and it's, uh, it's another one of those things that, that makes our work really, really interesting, but you as a user never see any of that, that magic in the background that's just supposed to work. Yeah, that magic beyond the, the interface. So right. we're we're leading up to the bottom of the hour, but I was uh, wondering if the, we've talked a lot about educating pe- uh, people as to what's a good password security. If if you had something that you really wish you could reach out to people and say when it comes to their either security in general or password security, what's the message? What are we trying to tell users that they need to change their habits on or learn how to do? We usually try to use an, an analogy to the real world because that that helps kind of bring it home for people. And so one of one of our employees, um, Kelly Guimont, uh, she has uh, a great analogy of using the same password at every site you log into is like leaving your car windows down and your car keys inside on the front seat. Except that car key can also open your house, your safe, your business. You know, just about anything you can think of. That's an appropriately terrifying analogy. <laughs> In fact, I think I'm going to go double-check all of my passwords right now, immediately. Well, I leave my car unlocked all the time. Am I bad? <laughs> well, but you do live in Palmer, Alaska, Paul. Yes. Well, it, it might not be bad. It, it might just mean you, like, live on the edge. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good question. Do you like well, your my... password the way it is? Do you like living on the edge? And my car keys don't open my house or my bank vault, you know, my, my where I keep all the bricks of gold. Yeah. Right. Like, we, we figured out that, that problem with real-world tools, right? You have a different key for all those different things in the real world. It's probably a good idea to have a different key for all sure. of your in the virtual world. Yeah, I have to ask, did you come up with that analogy? Because that's a really great one. I've spent a lot of time explaining to people passwords and, and why they would want secure passwords. And, but that is a really excellent, like, kaboosh anal- analogy. Whoever came up with that deserves a, 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 a kudos. The, the credit all, all goes to Kelly. Uh, I, I can't take credit for that. She, she's been using that with, um, with our, our customers, and that, that really helps bring it home. So 
I'll, I'll pass that along to her. Well, definite, yeah, definite praise to Kelly. I think that's that's brilliant. And thank you, too, for being willing to stay up till what, it's midnight now in Chicago and uh, being, being willing to call in here and talk to us and let us grill you on, on what you do. Hey, security never sleeps, so neither do we. So I was happy <laughs> to do it, very much. Most excellent. <laughs> David, thank you so much. Uh, I look forward to talking to you again at some point in the future. And, again, thanks for calling in. Is any last messages that you want to get out on the air before we sign out? Um, just give one password a shot. We really love our customers, and we think you'll love it once you give it a try. So, and is a demo available? To help you out. There's a demo out there. Yeah, definitely. The, the demos are free from from the website, Mac and PC. Of course, we can't do a demo from the App Store, but mm-hmm. uh, we know you'll love it anyway. Excellent. All right. Thank you so much, David. Thanks a lot for having me on, guys. Yeah. Good night. Good night. Nice. And that was David Chartier from. I, I I don't think I'm getting that name right. You, you are right. It's I am the French Canadian pronunciation. Okay. Chartier in Chartier. French. That feels much better. Well, Thank you. I should be French. wrong. I should have asked him again before he left. But uh, with Agile Bits, and uh, we didn't even get to the fact that he also runs uh, a website called Finer Things in Tech, which mm. provides weekly tips on things related to the Mac, related to Windows, and it's an excellent website. If you like tips and tricks, and you're not getting them enough from listening to us, you I can, was going to say. Well, it's true. Maybe we can just start repeating what he has on there. <laughs> just going to surf it every week before we go. No, I'm not going to do that. Don't worry. But uh, Finer Things in Tech is We won't plagiarize. Cool. We'll, not entirely. We'll, no, at least we'll not. Not, at least not so obviously, right? We'll, we'll change the spelling. <laughs> Finer Things in Tech is a great website. Thank you very much again to David for signing on. And we're almost out of time, actually, for today. We had a variety of really exciting news to share with you, various things about Apple and underage workers. and We'll get to that. We will. Next week, we have things for you to be afraid of, things for you to be happy about, hints and tips on what to do when you get the dreaded question mark of doom on your Mac, and so on and so forth. That will be coming up next week. In the meantime, don't forget, you can email us your questions at help at outofajam.net or get in touch with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash outofajam. And don't forget about UG1Rent. Right, a number to which you can text and receive a number to get back and call into the show, which gives you a chance to win an app from the App Store. That's right. We've had many winners. We have, and supposedly they've all been very excited. So, and and some duplicate winners. And some duplicate. Well, yeah, but it's because we have <laughs> the same person calling every week. Thank you, Doug. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. We'll look forward to talking to you again next week, and uh, hopefully the weather will be warmer. Supposedly it's going to snow. I can't wait to walk to my truck. You'll survive just because it's blistering windy. All right. Good night, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. The Grid. A digital frontier. I tried to picture clusters of information as they moved through the computer. 